Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Leviticus. Now, last time we read Leviticus chapter 15. That was about the cleansing of unhealthiness of discharges and those types of things. So now we are ready to read chapter 16. This is Leviticus chapter 16, and I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Then the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron who had died when they irreverently approached the presence of the Lord. Okay, so if you remember, uh, these two sons of Aaron, I forget their names right now, and even if I remembered, I might say them incorrectly, but they approached irreverently carrying what was termed as strange fire, And possibly due to the verses there and what's being spoke about in that chapter, uh, possibly they had been drinking, it sounded like, because that was something that was talked about right after they had uh, died. So, all right, so just wanted to bring that to your remembrance. So that's what this is about. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, that he must not enter at any time into the holy place inside the veil, the holy of holies, before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, or he will die, for I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. Now, some translations say, rather than saying he must not enter at any time, it says he must not just enter at any time into that holy of holies behind the veil. He's only allowed to do that at certain times, and that's what we're going to get into. That's what God is going to define here. But this translation makes it sound like you can never enter there, but that's not really the intent. The intent is you can't just come back there and go into that Holy of Holies at any time that you want. God is setting up a, a law for when it is proper to do that and how they should do it. So I'm going to continue on with verse 3. Aaron, as high priest, shall enter the holy place in this way, with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering, and the blood of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen tunic, and the linen undergarments shall be next to his body, and he shall be belted with the linen sash, and dressed with the linen turban. These are the holy garments. He shall bathe his body in water and put them on. He shall take from the congregation of the Israelites at their expense two male goats as a sin offering and one ram as a burnt offering. Then Aaron shall present the bull as the sin offering for himself and make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord the other lot for the scapegoat. Then Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement on it. It shall be sent into the wilderness as the scapegoat. So now the scapegoat, we know what a scapegoat is, right? That's somebody who is blamed for something, right? So this scapegoat is taking all their blame, all their sin away from them. So that is the symbolism of the scapegoat that he 
is carrying all their blame and all their sin away from the children of Israel. Going to continue on with verse 11. Aaron shall present the bull as the sin offering for himself and make atonement for himself and for his household, the other priests, and he shall kill the bull as the sin offering for himself. He shall take a censer full of burning coals from the bronze altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground sweet incense and bring it inside the veil into the most holy place and put the incense on the fire in the censer before the Lord so that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the ark of the testimony, otherwise he will die. He shall take some of the bull's blood and sprinkle it with his finger on the east side of the mercy seat. Also in front of the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, that is, for the sins of the people, and bring its blood within the veil into the most holy place, and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. So he shall make atonement for the holy place, holy of holies, because of the uncleanness and transgressions of the Israelites for all their sins. He shall also do this for the tent of meeting, which is among them in the midst of their uncleanness and purities. There shall be no person in the tent of meeting when the high priest goes in to make atonement in the holy place within the veil until he comes out so that he may make atonement for himself, his own sins, and for his household, and for all the congregation of Israel. Then he shall go out to the altar of burnt offering in the court, which is before the Lord, and make atonement for it, and shall take some of the blood of the bull and of the goat, and put it on the horns of the altar on all sides. With his finger he shall sprinkle some of the blood on the altar of burnt offering seven times, and cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the Israelites. When he has finished atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall present the live goat. Then Aaron shall lay both of his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness of the sons of Israel and all their transgressions in regard to all their sins. And he shall lay them on the head of the goat, the scapegoat, which is the sin-bearer, and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is prepared for the task. The goat shall carry on itself all their, the Israelites, wickedness, carrying them to a solitary and fertile land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. Then Aaron shall come into the tent of meeting and take off the linen garments which he put on when he went into the holy place, holy of holies, and shall leave them there. He shall bathe his body with water in a holy place and put on his clothes and come out and offer his burnt offering and that of the people and make atonement for himself and for the people. He shall offer up in smoke the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The man who released the goat as the sin-bearing scapegoat shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water 
and afterward he may come into the camp. The bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, holy of holies, shall be taken outside the camp. Their skins, their meat, and their waste shall be burned in the fire. Then he who burns them shall wash his clothes and bathe his body with water, and afterward he may come into the camp. This shall be a permanent statute for you in the seventh month, nearly October by our calendar. On the tenth day of the month you shall humble yourselves by fasting and not do any work, whether the native-born or the stranger who lives temporarily among you. For it is on this day that atonement shall be made for you to cleanse you. You will be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, and you shall humble yourselves. It is a permanent statute. So the priest who is anointed and ordained to serve and minister as priest in his father's place shall make atonement. He shall wear the holy linen garments and make atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make atonement for the tent of meeting and for the altar of burnt offering in the court. He shall also make atonement for the priests and for all the people of the assembly. This shall be a permanent statute for you, so that atonement may be made for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. So he did, just as the Lord commanded Moses. So even in the Old Testament, even back in the original law, they had a way to be cleansed of their sins. Once a year, they had a way to be forgiven and to get atonement. It's just interesting to note this. It was always God's intention that he would live among them in the, in the middle of the camp, that he would be there for them. He would be their God and be their leader and guiding them. And that they would be able to keep this relationship with him if they would humble themselves and follow him and do as he was commanding them to do, which was all really in their best interest, just like a father with any child is always trying to, every parent, matter of fact, is always trying to guide their child in the best way possible for them, not trying to lead them into harm. So sometimes we take those words and we, we give them kind of a negative connotation while well, you're being commanded. When you look at it from that relationship of a parent to a child, then that helps you best understand why God is setting certain rules and barriers and limitations and what they're for. They're for the protection of his children, which we all are. So I want to thank you for listening. That is the end of Leviticus chapter 16. I hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.